Yep, me again. This podcast will contain more than just the F word, football. It'll also contain the C word too. That's right, conversation. Welcome to another episode of Project Conversation, the podcast which keeps people talking. Join me on today's podcast is my fellow uni friend and Arsenal fan, Curtis Goodwin. We're not going to talk about Arsenal, so don't worry. But Curtis, how are you, my friend? How are you doing? Lockdown nearing an end. How are you keeping, mate? Yes, I'm very well, thank you, Luke. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well, mate. You know what? Positive news from Boris, it has to be said at the start of the week. Um, how's, how's the lockdown been for you, mate? I know we speak regularly, but it must be, it's must have been a difficult time for sure. Yeah, it has been difficult, especially with, you know, sport being cancelled and, you know, that's the real main, you know, base of my work that I do, you know, in schools and grassroots football and, yeah, it's been quite difficult. But, you know, like you said, positive news from Boris on Monday, so hopefully we're getting back to much brighter days. Yeah, something to look forward to, especially, you know, the pub gardens in in April and, you know, normality. But how have you been coping with, with the lockdown? Like you said, because obviously people don't know this, but I know that you're a coach and this is what that podcast is going to centre around today. But how have you been dealing with, with the lockdown? What have you been doing? Have you been trying to keep me fit yourself or how's it been? Yeah, so I've been trying to, you know, get out of the house. I think that's probably the same as a lot of people. Um, and with the restrictions on, you know, being allowed to have an hour outside to exercise that I've definitely been taking up that hour. So um, as I'm sure you know, I've been regularly doing five and six K runs. Uh, They've been very tough, especially at the start. But I think the thing about running is it's very kind of mental. It's a mental aspect of it. You know, you you, want to have to carry on and, you know, have to push yourself and no one else knows how how far you've gone, but you as an individual know how much you're you're really pushing yourself. So yeah, I've, I've been doing a lot of running, which has been really good for me. Um, and been testing myself against a few of my players back in Southampton. So that's, that keeps the competition element up as well. So go on then, quickly, what's, what's your best time for a 5K? What, what are we talking about? Ooh. So for a 5K, I think the fastest I've done is about 21 minutes, 30 seconds. Ooh, 21 minutes. Oh, gosh. Yeah. Right, so yeah, if anyone's so, listening, yeah. that's, your, that's your aim. Let me know. Let me know if you can beat 21 minutes in, in a 5K. But... We'll talk poorly. I think that will come in in the conversation more, mate. We'll talk about that as we go on. But first, it's time for... Who? What? Where? That's right. It's time for who, what, where. I'm going to ask you random questions, Curtis. All you've got to do is give me your answers. It's pretty simple. It could be stupid. It could be funny. Let's see what happens in who, what, where. All right, question number one, my friend. Um, If you could choose a celebrity or two to invite around your house, past or present, for a dinner party, who would it be? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I suppose, because we are both Arsenal fans, I suppose we've got an affinity to Arsene Wenger. Uh, I'd, lo- I'd love to pick his brains on just different things around his whole career. Um, and he's quite a classy guy, so I think he'd be great to have around for a dinner. And then, I suppose, because, you know, the whole aspect of leadership that we're going to get onto in a little bit, I suppose one of the big leaders that I've always looked up to uh, especially in politics, is Barack Obama. I'd definitely like to invite him round. You know, I, I always remember the inauguration uh, that he first had when he came in. And it, for, for me, certainly, to see someone of, you know, colour leading such a massive country like America, uh, it was really inspiring to me. So I think, yeah, Barack Obama and Arsene Wenger, that could be quite an interesting meal. Yeah, that'd be good, actually. I think so. I mean, I'd ask Arsene Wenger, why didn't you buy 
a player in the 2015 summer window, but we won't talk about that. And you know, it's funny, I was watching Trevor Noah, um, Afraid of the Dark, great stand-up, great comedian, and he did a Barack Obama impression. I'm not going to do that, but it's America, America. I mean, people can let me know if that's, but I don't think it's very good, but I just thought I'd have a go. Question two, you're in the cinema, and there's a premiere about your life up to now. Who are you choosing to play it? That's another good question. One of my favourite actors, and I think every single film that he does, it's really impactful, and I think he's got really good variance in terms of the different kind of movies he does, is Will Smith. I think Will Smith would definitely be a fantastic person to to be an actor for, for my movie. You know, he's got that comedic side, but he's also got that quite serious side as well. So, no, I think he'd be great to do mine. He looks no. a bit like me as well, I think, actually. Yeah, I think you could get away with that. I mean, we're both looking like the same with the haircut and, you know, the <laughs> and the afro trim. But, yeah, I think you could pull it off. I mean, I, like I said, um, I, I'd probably go for a Kevin Hart because, you know, he can make any person's life funnier than it probably is. But Will Smith, you know, Ben in Black, the nice suit, looking sharp. Yeah, I'm all over that. Yeah, good choice. Uh, Great, right, song. Question... Great song as well. Right, yeah, very true. Question three, uh, you're at a party. Someone gives you the orcs. You're in charge of the music. What's the first music you put on and what first genre are we going for? What are we going for? Well, it's it's got to be a club banger, hasn't it? Oh, I mean, when, you, when, you're, when you're at pre-drinks, you've got to get everyone hyped, mate. That's so, it, yeah. So for me, it's only one song. Everyone knows Robin S. Show Me Love. Oh, classic. Absolute great song. Everyone knows it, mate. It will get everyone dancing in the kitchen or the, or the sitting room, wherever you are having the pre-drinks. Uh, yeah, definitely that song. I like it. I like it. I'm going to ask you a little bit of a personal question now. And, you know, feel free. It's only me and you. Maybe people might listen. What's your most embarrassing moment to date? Wow. I suppose we have, might have to keep this bit a little bit PG, mate. Um... <laughs> Well, I'll tell, tell you a funny story, actually. So, and, and I'm sure a lot of people have all had it. Uh, so, you know, when you're walking down the street and, you know, cars are flying past on the road. And normally when a car beeps, you know, you instantly think, oh, you know, it's to a car in front or it's to someone walking past. Now, there was a day that I literally had and it was just like so weird in terms of three cars had gone past during my day and I was walking somewhere and they all beeped. And I all thought that they were beeping at me, you know, as my mates going past or a family member in a car. And your first instinct is to wave. You just wave <laughs> and, you know, but I'm not lying to you, mate. Those three cars, they were not beeping at me. They were beeping at someone behind me. So what you have to then do is then you have to try and play it off. <laughs> like you're trying to stretch in the air or, you know, you're, you're, you, 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 you should have gone for a run. Somehow. You should have gone for a run. Yeah. yeah, exactly. You know, you were stretching, you know, arms in the air. Um, it was so embarrassing, mate, because the person behind me, they knew exactly that I, I, what I had done. Um, so, yeah, you have to play it off. It was very embarrassing, that. Oh, no. oh thanks for telling us, mate. That, that's, that is quite embarrassing, to be fair. Especially, I reckon it was in broad daylight as well, so there's no, there's no hiding it. No. No. Yeah. No. Like, self-proper humiliation right there. Um, moving on, uh, who is your inspiration? Oh, that's another good question. Well, I'd like to think that the people I surround myself with in day-to-day life, you know, they're, they're big inspirations to me. So definitely family members uh, for lots of different reasons. Um, you know, they've done a great job in terms of building me up to the person I am today and really pushing me and motivating me to, to doing the things I'm doing. I like to say all my friends as well, friends for different reasons. You know, like you said yourself, uh, you know, doing your 
doing what you're doing now. Um, not just trying to toot oh. your horn, but no, Jeez. you're. Um, it, it, I think I think the important thing is is when you're in life now. I think you've got to surround yourself with people that are always going to push you and motivate you to do better things. Um, so I say inspiration is definitely my my inner circle, so to speak. No, I I completely agree with that 100 percent you know the right people will push you into the right directions and if they can see that you're going to succeed they'll push you and that's probably what we're going to come on to in, in, in a minute in a but Kurt these next two questions are probably probably the most two important questions that I want to know your answers to I want to know where you place a Jaffa cake in the biscuit or cake category it's a serious Ooh. question this serious topic this is a serious question but I think you know Jaffa cake yeah. I think it's definitely in in the cake Cake's Good. in, isn't it? Thank or cake cupboards, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Uh, I know some people are going to disagree on that, but I, I am 100% it's in the cake category for sure. So these people that say it's a biscuit, I mean, come on in and explain to me why you think it's a biscuit. We could probably do a podcast on why I think it's a cake and why you think it's a biscuit, to be honest. Um, the next uh, million dollar question is, talk me through the perfect cup of tea. Oh, perfect cup of tea. Okay, I have to be a little bit careful with this because I know Arsene Menga and his dietary problems uh when he comes in so you're gonna get the cup obviously that's right. the first thing you're gonna do that's a, that's uh, then you're gonna put then yeah then you're gonna put obviously make sure it's clean you know then you're gonna put the tea bag in then this is where i think it gets a little bit controversial i put sugar in mm. i am a yeah. sugar person for a cup of tea then how many you boil, that's a little bit of a tough question depends on the day mate it might be one if i'm feeling really uh if i'm feeling really strong it might be two because I need that energy, yeah. Then you boil the hot water, put the hot water in the cup. Mm -hmm. uh, then I have a little stir, make sure that that sugar dissolves. Then you put the milk in. Then you take the tea bag out, and then you stir again. Right. Okay. Uh, that's how I think I'd make my perfect cup of tea. Right. Okay. So I'd probably give that six point five seven. I'm not going to reveal how I'd make my perfect cup of tea because I'd probably ask more people that, and you know they'll there'll probably be one that gets it absolutely bang on and that'll be me revealing the perfect cup of tea. But I've got to say, Kurt, there's a few, few issues you need to iron out there, mate, my friend, when it comes to the cup of tea. Um, right, the last two questions, I think we can time into really one big question, actually. So what is the first thing you're looking forward to doing um, after lockdown? And where is the first place you'd like to travel if you had to go abroad? So one thing I'm definitely looking forward to when we come out of lockdown is seeing friends again. Um, you know, we all had to leave university in March quite rapidly actually and we never really got to say goodbye we've not had our graduation yet as well so it'd be great to see see all the boys again get down to the pub second thing definitely having a haircut i think you alluded to it earlier uh, uh come april when the barber's open mate i'm calling them up and saying yeah sort me out asap uh because i don't want to turn into jackson six um, too late mate you know so so i'm definitely yeah well yeah you lot can't see but um, i can tell you now it's it's far too late for that yeah it's too late and then, you know, around my profession, returning to, to football, mate, whether that be playing, coaching, or just watching football in the pub, I think it'd be great to, uh, to get back to watching football, mate. So, yeah, definitely those three things as soon as we come out of lockdown. And place I'd like to visit, a uh, place close to mine and your heart, I'd probably say, is Jamaica. You know, I've yeah. never been there before. Yeah. Um, and we've got fa I've got family out there that I've not even met. And, you know, we have massive families. So... It'd be great to, to visit them and see aunties, uncles, cousins that you've never met before, but you've heard about. So, yeah, definitely Jamaica would be lovely to go to. It's just nice to see the news because it now has them thoughts and things to look forward to and hope, you know, because it was, you know, sitting here working, trying to keep busy, but there was no end in sight. At least now, 
we've got the end in sight. And you touched there, Kurt, about coaching. This is what this, the, the main topic of the podcast is going to, you know, talk about. But you want to talk about it in a way that can, you know, resonate with everyone, you know, in any profession. You want to talk about, you know, the values of coaching and what you've learned so far. So just tell the people that are listening what, where you are now in your, in your coaching career. Yeah, so, yeah, me and you have been speaking for a couple of weeks in terms of what I wanted to speak about on this podcast. And it only really occurred to me a couple of days ago that, you know, I don't know what my coaching philosophy is. So when people talk about philosophies, we're really talking about beliefs and values. What do you value as a, as a person? What do you value as a coach? Now, I have this strong opinion that different life experiences that you go through really make you into who you are in terms of you know your working profession or your coaching profession that's you know what I really believe that it really transformed me into um so when we're talking about beliefs and values mate it you know I think the five pillars that I've really come up with I've all experienced something that's really made me believe in that value so you know talking about coaching you know I've started at age 15 uh, grassroots football coach in a local team and just kind of went into it just because I wanted to experience how it was leading a team. Um, really good experience for me. Did a few qualifications, did my FA level one, then progressed obviously for education, did GCSEs, my A-levels, and went to university, first person in my family to go to university. Study football studies. Now, uh, you know, me and you do joke about this. When I say to people that I, I study football studies, people say to me, oh, so, you know, what, uh, you know, what's football studies about? How, how does that make you feel? Because you're right, because obviously you've both been to yeah. uni, I've been to the same union. You know, people do have this perception of, oh, I play football studies, um, which basically people think, oh, so you just kick a ball about then. But what actually is it like? Like, how, because I know how hard you work and I know how other people, how hard other people work on the course. Just give people an insight into, you know, how hard it actually is and, and then what you want to get out of it. Yeah, so football studies is, I think, I think uh, the university we went to, I think it was kind of a 10 year, 10 years has been running as a course. Got some fantastic people in there at the university doing the course. Um, but yeah, it has a major focus around the whole footballing and sporting industry, really. So it's not specifically about going down to the field and kicking a ball around. You know, you've got different modules that include coaching and football. You've got uh, psychology. You've got sociology. You've got the whole aspect of football, football development, which looks about going out into, the, into society and helping, you know, people that may be disadvantaged, people that may have a disability, uh, women and girls football, which is on a massive rise at the moment. So yeah, it covers a very, a very big basis around football. And a lot of people that have graduated from the course have actually gone on to achieve really good things. Uh, so it is a really proven course, um, a well-known course in the industry to really get you a good job in the future. So Definitely a, a course I'd recommend to anyone out there that's looking to go to university. And it was great. I really recommend it. It's good to hear, mate. And, you know, I know that you're currently now managing an under-18s team, um, AFC Stoneham. And obviously they've been in a lockdown. Well, we've all been in a lockdown, but it's been probably especially difficult for you because you're still manager of an under-18s team. How, with the beliefs and values that, you, you, you know, you, you go by, how difficult has it been to, to manage a team without actually seeing them? And... How have you, have you, and you said you had, you know, you were doubting your philosophy. So what are the things you've been doubting, you know, in your early career as a coach? Well, it's tough really because, you know, we've gone through three lockdowns so mm. far since I've been in charge of the under 18. So when, since we've come back, we've basically had to do three different pre-seasons, which as you know, pre-seasons a tough time for a lot of players, tough time for managers because you want, really want to put your stamp on the team. But it's all about connecting, mate. 
and you know yeah as, as as i'm sure a lot of people realize you know you go on zoom calls and you go on teams meetings and you at the start you're doing lots of quizzes and you're doing all these interactive things but after a while it starts to wear off now to try and keep a bunch of 16 17 year olds interacted over this whole lockdown period where potentially you know they're at college and a lot of college work's being really piled on them it's been tough but I think I learned a lot about myself and that's one of the beliefs and values that I've really spoken about is that hard work and motivation you know Mm. the stuff that you really do outside of the coaching session or the training session is probably the most important and I think that transfers into just general life as well you know we were talking about school the other day and like a levels and GCSEs you know it's all great you having a one hour lesson on history but it's probably most important of what you do outside of that lesson that actually transfers into you really doing really really well in your exams so I've really put that point across to the boys in terms of we have a two-hour training session on a Friday but what are you doing for the other four or five days of the week that will really help you and motivate you to to be the best player that you can be and in fairness to them they've done really well you know we've come up with fitness programs Um, I'm doing individual development plans with them working on different technical stuff with them and they've really reacted well to it so it's not only been a test for them in terms of pushing themselves and coming up with things that they can improve on but it's also been testing me as well yeah in terms of how can I keep this motivation level up for them but also how can I keep the motivation level up for myself as well um so that's it's you know lockdown has taught me a lot of things in terms of that yeah so you've said there you've got the motivation the hard work the responsibility what are the other two values and beliefs that have that you you know pride yourself on to an extent? So one thing that's really become quite important within specifically football coaching is really delved from the FA. So they look at a, a holistic model. It's called uh, so it's really a player centered approach. So you're not just looking at a player nowadays in terms of right, okay, what can they do on the pitch? You're looking what are, what are their actions like off the pitch? What are they psychologically like? What are they socially like? Physically, what are they like? So for me, as soon as a player turns up to my sessions, what I'm doing is I'm asking them, how was your day? Because if I know how their day's been, I know what their capabilities are like during that session. So if they turn up to me and they say to me, I've had a really hard day at college, Um, you know, I'm really struggling at the moment with the workload, I know that that player might be really fatigued and he might not be able to do the expectations that I know that he can do. So then I have to manage those expectations. So for me, looking at that humanistic approach is really important to me. And going back to the IDPs that I was speaking about, the individual development plans, that's something that I really look at in terms of short-term goals, medium goals, and long-term goals. What is that person aiming to do? And how can I you know, transfer my coaching philosophy into their needs as well? So definitely a player-centered approach is something I really pride myself on looking at. Um, and that goes through different age phases, you know, all the way from the, the foundation phase where I'm coaching really, really young kids all the way up to the under 18s. I, I do that at any session. No, because that must be difficult because we've both, you know, played football for a lot of years now. Um, I've never obviously not gone into the coaching route like yourself, but you don't realize because like you said, you're, you're more than just them football manager you know you're sometimes the players escape you know because they probably don't know you as well as other people they think you can confide in them if they've like you said had a hard day at school or something's happened you know then you can tell your football manager and you know that sort of that you know there's that secrecy there and that's that bond how have you found that that must be pretty difficult to sort of be come from just a football coach 
to be someone that they, you know, they look at as a, a friend or, you know, very even closer than that. Yeah, no, definitely. You're, you're, you're absolutely correct because I think in the past, and this is no disrespect to older coaches, I think they just saw their job as what are the result, what's the results like? What are the players performing like? Whereas now, I think in the modern day society where there are different elements and different things that go into making a good player, I don't look at players as players. I look at players as people. And I think that's really important. Mm. So different situations really do require different actions and different kind of different approaches. So not only am I a coach, I can also be a friend. I can also be a mentor. I can be someone that if they are struggling with something at home, you know, I'm more than happy to, to always be on the end of a phone call. I'm more than happy to always have a chat with parents about different situations that their child is going through. So really building up a relationship, not just with the players on the pitch, but building up a, you know, a good relationship with parents, mm. building up a good relationship with the team as a whole is so important. And, and I'm sure I've said this to you about the under-18s that I'm doing at the moment. You know, I'm only a couple of years older than them. Yeah. Um, so when I, when, I, when I first joined, I really did question myself. I said, there's two situations that can happen here. The first is the players turn around to me and they say to me, well, hold on a minute, you're telling me to do X, Y, and Z. And you're only a few years older than me. Who the hell are you? Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. uh, but, then, but then the other, the flip side of that is they may think, actually, do you know what? This, this coach, he's been where we are only a few years ago. Mm. He knows exactly what we're going through. And thankfully, I think, I mean, could be wrong, but I think the players have actually reacted to me in, that, in those senses. I think they actually look at me and say, actually, do you know what? Curtis, he was, with, he was, he was 18 only a few years ago. So yeah. he knows... He knows exactly what we're going through in terms of managing education, in terms of managing family life, and in terms of asking, asking what we're doing on the football pitch. He knows exactly what we're doing. So it's been great for me to do that. And there have been times where I've questioned myself about, uh, should I really rush into doing under-18s football? But at the moment, it's been really successful, and I'm happy I've done it. Why, why did you doubt yourself? What was it? Was it a lack of belief? Was it self confidence? Was it putting yourself, like you said, in in a position where you're? you're and let's be honest, we've been eighteen before, and when you're eighteen, nineteen, you think you you rule the world, and you you can tell people to politely go away, but obviously probably use a different bit of language. Is that something? Because so far, I think the the beliefs and values you've you've got across are hard work, motivation, responsibility, adapting to you know different circumstances, um, and probably the one is you know self doubt, but self you know self critique. And these are the things and the models and beliefs that you've, you, can, you wanted to get across today that can actually, you know, don't matter what you do, they're all transferable to whatever way of life you want to go to. Yeah, and I believe being self-critical is important in any terms of walk of life. Uh, but also be fair to yourself. As long as you are putting your 100% effort in and you know that every single day that you turn up to work or you're on the football pitch, you know that what you're key aim to get out of you've done it or, or at least you've achieved to do it so in terms of those challenges that we were just speaking about that's one of the things that I really was quite worried about was you know what if the players don't really react well to me in terms of coming in and only being a few years older than them but like I said you've got to throw yourself in the deep end sometimes because when you really do put the pressure on yourself in high pressured situations that's where you do find a lot out about yourself and like I said, the whole lockdown experience has really heightened that and kind of put a lot of even more pressure on uh, than normally. Um, but, you know, I'm still here. So, you know, it, something must have gone well. 
Um, And, you know, I've had some really nice messages from the players over lockdown saying, you know, how, how, you know, I've really helped them, not just in terms of, you know, the footballing aspect, but in terms of just, like I said, being a mentor, being a friend on on the phone and having a chat just about general, general life. Um, So it's been really good. No, it's it's great to hear. And this is the kind of the reason I wanted to do the podcast as well is because, you know, you have a chat and then you realize, hopefully you've realized yourself just how well you're doing and, you know, just, just how hard it's been for you in the lockdown. You may not have realized and you get into that, you know, that your way inclined that you think this is, this is what I've got to do. But sometimes when you take a step back, have a conversation, you go, do you know what? It's okay to say, I'm, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. And you touched on there. And I think it's a great way to finish off this little topic, this main topic of, of the podcast. You mentioned there about, you know, the short-term goals, the medium-term goals and the long-term goals when you're doing a football coaching. But for yourself, when we come out of the lockdown, what is the immediate goal? But also, where is the long-term goal? Because you can, like you said, these models and beliefs are going to be with you, you know, all the way through your career. So what is the, the, what's the next step and what's the step after that? Well, like you say, in terms of my values and beliefs, I think you always have a foundation of what you really want to get out of something. But I think it's, like I said, with life experiences, those develop along the way as well. And they help develop those values and beliefs. So, you know, we could have a podcast in two, three years time. And I may say hard work and motivation is a really important aspect. But I may also say, that I have another belief and value because I've experienced something else. So again, it's really important that you do manage your expectations. So in terms of immediate goals, I'm currently working at Southampton Pre-Academy. My aim is to try and get a full-time job with them. Southampton have a fantastic academy. I've been surrounded by some fantastic people, some of the best in the industry. And they, you know, they put a lot of emphasis on getting academy players into the first team as we know now you know you can see it when you watch Southampton the amount of academy graduates that, that, that they have um, so as a, as a coach that's coaching in that environment it's great to see that there is a process for those players to go on to um, so definitely getting into academy football in a full-time capacity is definitely the way I want to try and aim to and I've also hopefully I'm not going to give away too much but hopefully uh, in a few months' time, there is some plans at the moment that are that are in place for me to uh, to start a new project up to to improve myself as an individual coach. Hopefully, that 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 will be revealed in a few months' time. But yeah, it's just about progressing that, and lockdown has really helped me help me evaluate where I am and where I want to be. Um, so I'm thankful for that. No, it's great, and you know what? The way you're talking is, you know, it's very open, and I appreciate that. And I think, you know, just to reiterate what's been said the hard work the motivation the responsibility the adapting between coaching parenting as in being helping talking to the parents and also being in a mentor to the kids as well as being self-critical I think they're the five beliefs that you've got across you know I wish you all the very best in your coaching career I know you'll smash it I know you'll go very far because you're you know hard-working person and that's what you aspire to be Kurt it's been great to, to chat to you about coaching but the way you've actually talked about coaching in a no matter what way of life and what job we do these beliefs you've got and values can be transferred into any way of life can't end it like that want to end it on a bit of a more positive note something a little bit fun um it is time for guest expertise it's time for guest expertise this is the part where because it's Curtis's podcast it's not my podcast it is the guest expertise because Curtis is an expert in coaching I'm just a guest it's his podcast it's the people's podcast it's project conversations the podcast that keeps people talking so Curtis I'm going to ask you three questions about managers hopefully you'll get them they're completely off the cuff in my head right this minute no preparation so don't get them wrong it's as simple as that okay first question and I'm thinking about these questions as I'm saying them out loud so this can go 
really well or really badly. Okay, who am I? I once managed Mulder. I once managed Cardiff. I now manage in the Premier League and I can't get past the semi-finals. Who am I? Ooh. Oh, you might have a lot of criticism about that one, mate. It's uh, current Manchester United manager, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Well, I haven't said anything wrong, have I? I mean, last time I checked. Semi-final bit. What, what, it's just a fact. It's just, it's just one of the three facts I put in there. That, just to, just so, me, so you could get the answer. Look, you got the answer, though. You got the answer, didn't yeah, you? So. No, that, that, that was what giving away, in fairness. Okay, let's test this one. Who's recently been appointed manager of Bristol City? Good question. It's a good question. Uh, former Leicester City manager, all right, yeah. Nigel Pearson. Yeah, you know your stuff. Yeah, all right. I'm impressed. Right, final question. And I'm literally, like I said, doing this as we go. The final question. What has happened in Germany recently with the managers that has sparked a bit of controversy? Good question. I can give you a clue if you need. Yeah, go on. Give me a clue. The team played in the Champions League to Manchester City, but their manager won't be there at the end of the season. Where's he going? Yes, okay. So he's becoming... Is it Dortmund manager, isn't he? He is. He is. It's a bit weird, though, isn't it? To do it mid-season just before a Champions League game. Yeah, that's to, right. To, to announce that you're going, I think it's Marco Royce, right, not Royce, but Rosa is his name. Very similar. I think he's going to, to, to Dortmund. But it's just a bit strange just to do it right before your Champions League and agree to go openly as well. You know, openly admit that, yeah, I'm going. They come out and confirmed it. But see, not just Championship, not just Bundesliga, you know, Premier League, you know it all. You know, it's a coach. Life, and it is guest expertise. So to be honest, Kurt, I expected nothing less than three out of three. Thank you, Luke. No, no yeah, worries. Happy to set the set the happy to set the record so far in this podcast. Yeah, hundred percent, Kurt. That's all we've got time for in project conversation. Um, I'll probably get you on again. So thanks for chatting. It's been great. And yeah, uh, hopefully, um, people were listening and people take anything they want to take from the podcast. Um, I'll be back next week with a new guest talking about whatever they want because it's their podcast. It is Project Conversation, the podcast that keeps people talking. And with that, I will say goodbye and thank you for listening. <laughs> <laughs>